Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. So, are you familiar with the Enneagram? Yes. There's different personality types. I am a nine, which is a peacemaker. If, you're, if you've never heard about this before, it's going to just sound strange, but it's a, a personality assessment, if you will. Profile. Yeah, it kind of tells you a little bit about yourself, but I am a nine, and then on either side of the nine is a one and an eight. Well, I've got a strong one wing mm-hmm. as a nine. Nine is a peacemaker, but the one is... Rule keeper. Rule keeper, perfectionist, things have to be a certain way. And by the way, there are nine personality types. It's really yeah. fascinating. And, you know, anyway, it's, 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 it's shown me a lot about myself. Me too. I mean, it honestly, it's just a way to see kind of what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, where you can grow, where you can really contribute. Yeah, yeah. it's helpful. Anyway, I struggle with not being perfect. <laughs> There it is. I just said it. Welcome to the world. <laughs> and it's and what comes along with that though is I also feel really unworthy of being used by God. This can be like a wrestling for me. And if you can relate, maybe you think, you know, man, follow someone else, someone more holy, someone more educated. Follow my pastor. Follow some staff at church, you know, but don't follow me because I'm still trying to figure this thing out. I still blow it on the daily. <laughs> I am just not there yet. So I think that, yeah, I do think we feel disqualified often because we're not perfect. It's poison, but I know I struggle with it too. So here's a thought in regards to this. What if other people don't need a perfect example? What if they just need a living one? What if they just need to know what it looks like to be following Jesus and pursuing Jesus, even if you screw up sometimes, you know, even if everything about your life is not... um, holy and admirable. The people who have made the greatest impact in my life are those who have been vulnerable with me and Mm -hmm. honest about their weaknesses, their struggles, their failures. Those people I trust. I don't tend to trust anybody that doesn't walk with a limp. Right. Yeah. the, the, The guy or the gal that goes, I have figured this thing out. I offer you a grace of walking (laughs) (laughs) behind me and learning from me. Welcome to my domain. (laughs) We need each other, though. We need living examples in our lives. And we see this in scripture. Paul had this just real love for this young guy named Timothy, right? And he writes to him in Timothy 1, 15 through 17. He says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Present tense, of whom I am the worst. Right, he's not saying, listen, I've been walking this road for a long, 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 long time. And, you know, I've conquered quite a bit of things. So I've got, you know, I'm a pretty good one to follow. No, he's saying Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners... Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. What Paul is saying is that if Jesus has forgiven me, he can forgive anybody. So that's what he's saying to Timothy. That's what he's saying to us. If God can forgive me, he can forgive you and he can even use you. 
partner with you to heal the world. Right. And if there were three main points here, he's saying, yes, if you know, Jesus could forgive me, he could forgive you. But I also see in this text that he's saying, my life is actually an opportunity for, you know, God's patience to be on display. God has been that good to me. And then he also says, you know what? This is not about my glory anyway. It's about God's glory. Let's, let's together as I'm pursuing Jesus, I'm inviting you along on the journey with me. Let's both keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and let's glorify him in the process. I just love how humble he is. And, you know, he says pretty much, dude, I'm the neediest of them all. (laughs) Don't follow me because I'm awesome. Follow me because I'm saved and God's awesome. (laughs) So this is just an opportunity for, for God to be honored and glorified. So we don't have to be perfect to lead others to Jesus. We don't have to be eloquent or educated. We don't have to have it all together. We just have to be saved and growing and willing to be used by God, however he sees fit. So don't be afraid to let others into your life and to encourage them in the faith as you go. You don't have to be a perfect example, just a living one. Do you ever wonder if God is good? I have to admit, I have, and I do. It certainly is an easy path to doubt God's goodness. When we look around at the evil in our world, how could a good God allow such suffering? How can I know he really is good? The message of the heavenly host on the night Jesus was born. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill to all mankind. This angelic host, who had been created before the foundation of the world, had gazed on the glory of God for maybe a billion years. Who knows how long they existed before that night. And they were mesmerized ever since they had been created by God's goodness. They got to gaze on his glory and worship him. And finally, the night came when they got to tell this world, this broken world, that God is good that his heart is good, that the Father loves the world, peace, goodwill to all mankind. But it's not enough to just hear the message of that heavenly host, I don't think. I think we need to experience the goodness of God. I think we have to find ourselves at the foot of the cross. We have to see Jesus there bleeding out for us. We have to see ourselves thrusting the spear in anger into his side, because once we were enemies with God, but God has made us his friends through Jesus' death on the cross. And as we thrust the spirit into his side, we need to hear him cry out in pain, I love you. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this for you. I forgive you. You don't know what you're doing. My heart needs to be melted by that kind of love again and again and again and again. And when it is, No matter how hard life gets, I know that God is good because I've stood there at the foot of the cross time and time and time again, seeing how great of a sinner I am and how loved I really am. Mm -hmm. I was just going to ask you that the, the scene of, you know, seeing yourself thrusting the spear into Jesus' side and hearing him say, I love you Mm -hmm. is that just the need for the honesty of knowing that we're responsible for putting him there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And just knowing that that he knows. <laughs> He's not like, oh, oh, it was you. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? He knows we're responsible for putting him there and he loves us anyway. Actually, it's his love that compelled him to go there. Yeah, he chose, he chose it. Yeah. He chose to go there. And I have the scene in my mind of, you know, from the Passion of the Christ when the Roman soldier pushes the spear through Jesus' mm-hmm. side, blood and water just comes streaming out and he falls to his knees. And I identify with that character in the Passion mm-hmm. of the Christ. I've watched it a number of times. And it's just, it's how I feel about myself. If you ever forget, like I do sometimes, that God is good or you doubt it, like I do sometimes, just come back to the foot of the cross. I am really looking forward to the holidays. I actually, can I admit something to you? I don't feel like I've been a very good steward of my calendar lately. I'm just being honest. And I keep feeling the invitation of God to just like, I just have a longing to just sit and be with him for an extended period of time. Like I almost like I need a little retreat, personal retreat with just me and Jesus and some solitude and, you know, just linger and not have my calendar going up. Oh, that was good. Okay. You need to get to the next thing. You got a meeting. You got to this, you got to accomplish that. Have you done that? You know, and it's just, I think this is a busy time of the year and there are a lot of demands on us, but I just want to sit with God and just be mm-hmm. with him. And he values being with us. God wants to be with you, not for the purpose of what you're going to accomplish in that time, you know, of what you're going to do for him, but simply for the joy of being together because he loves you because you're his kid. So when Eden, a couple of years ago, she was it a couple of years ago already? Yeah, I guess it was like a year and a half ago. She was going on a short-term mission trip for three months to South Africa. And we had a Zoom call with Eden, my daughter, her boyfriend at that time, now my son-in-law, Grant, and the missionary that they were going to be working with. And her name is Annalie. And then the pastor who kind of leads the organization here stateside that was sending them over to South Africa. It's called One Plus God. So anyway, we're all in this Zoom call and it's Pastor Wayne and Annalie and Grant and Eden and myself and Pastor Wayne and Annalie, well, she lives in Africa, but Pastor Wayne lived in Africa for a while as well. And so they kind of consider themselves to be African, (laughs) Dutch African, but they were explaining the the need for the work that Eden was going to be doing this summer. And they wanted us to understand a value that Africans have that's very different from American value. They said, Africans really value being more than doing. So Pastor Wayne explained, you know, for instance, after this meeting, you'll probably evaluate whether or not it was a good meeting based on what was accomplished. How many questions did we get answered? How much data was exchanged? Did we get much done in a short period of time? Were we efficient? He said, but Annalie and I, We'll end this meeting and we'll say, wow, that was really something to be with them, to see their faces, to laugh together, to hear one another and to get to know one another. It was really, really good to be with them. So I can see in my own life where the American way of thinking, my American way of thinking has made its way into my relationship with God and even my expectations of him, even my quiet time with him. I want to be there 
sometimes for an exchange of sorts. I feel like in my heart, I'm like, okay, God, what do you want to do with this time? What do you want to accomplish today? What do you want to tell me? What do you want me to know? What do you, you know, like I'm looking to get something. It's more like, what can I get for my mission rather than what can I get for my heart? Yeah. Yeah. Or what is the dream that you want to put in my heart for something you want me to do for you rather than Jesus, just pour your love into me kind of thing. That's how I take it. Yeah. I I think, you know, even just, wow, I get to sit with God. I mean, I get to actually be with the God of the universe. I get to just spend time with you. Isn't that amazing? God wants to be with you. Well, we are human beings, not human doings. Right. We're not human doings. We're human beings. And it delights him to just see your smile, to hear your voice, I mean, think about it. When when God walks away, was he thinking, that was an excellent exchange. I feel like Shauna knows exactly what I need her to do today. <laughs> or is he like, she climbed up on my lap and we got to snuggle for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's intimacy, it's relationship. I think about Adam and Eve and it, it says that they walked with God in the cool of the day mm. and, you know, that they just spent time. And it was it was Jesus really walking with them in the garden every evening. So they had massive purpose as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they were to cause the garden to flourish and make the garden go into all the world. But in the evening, they just walked with Jesus. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, God just loves you and he wants to be with you. Yes. Does he have a mission for you? Does Is he going to accomplish things through your life? He is which is so awesome. And those things get revealed in spending time with him and being together. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this week as you, and the next week, as you're preparing your heart for Christmas, just want to encourage you to just kind of reflect on this mysterious and beautiful truth. God wants to be with you. Hope you're ready for a good story. There once was a great chief, a man of justice, courage, valor, and mercy, and riches unimaginable. And he had it in his heart, because his heart was good, to bless all the tribes in the land. So he went to the first tribe, and he told them, I want to make a peace treaty with you. I want to share the riches of my kingdom with you. I don't want to take from you to enrich myself. I only want you to flourish. I make this offer because the seers and the prophets in my tribe have seen that a great famine will cover our land, and we have prepared for this. We have enough to share with everyone. The only thing I ask of you is to pledge your allegiance to me. I swear on my life that if I'm unjust or oppressive to you in any way, you may execute me. Some tribes accepted the news with joy. Others refused to believe such good news. It was too good to be true. Others thought, if the chief is unjust toward us, and I'm sure he will be, he will never allow himself to be executed. Many tribes were proud and arrogant and spit at the ground toward the great chief, while other tribes thought, we can endure this famine. We don't need anything from this arrogant, power-hungry chief. Then the famine came, and it was terrible more terrible than any famine the land had ever seen or would ever see. The tribes who had pledged allegiance to the chief were saved, while all the others perished, knowing too late 
that they had rejected not only their chance to live, but to flourish. The chief loved all the tribes. He was filled with such joy for those who had accepted his reign, but he was so sad for those who had rejected him and perished. This is the Christmas story, I think. This is the message of the heavenly host. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward all mankind. His heart is kind toward us. He has only goodwill in his heart toward us. But unless we set aside our unbelief, I'll make it personal, unless I set aside my unbelief, my arrogance, my pride, my self-sufficiency, my suspicions about his goodness, then I'll never fully experience the fullness of life he offers. And so I got to lay down my lack of trust. You know, the enemy at the beginning of the story of the Bible said to Eve, really, does God really love you? Mm -hmm. Is his heart really good? And the enemy has been deceiving person after person after person down through the ages, you know, and making us think, making us believe, deceiving us into believing that God is not good when his heart is good. It's full of goodness. And I have chosen to trust Jesus. I have chosen to follow after God, but I got to tell you, it is understandable why there is a hesitancy, why there is a, a questioning, not only because of the enemy planting that seed in our hearts, but also because all we know is what we know. All we know is the people around us and the relationships we've had and, and nobody's perfect. So people who are supposed to be good, who haven't been good, to you, we feel like that educates us, right? And we go, okay, well, now I'm all the wiser. Good people do bad things. And so it, it plants us distrust in us. And it's really, really hard to wrap our minds around the fact that God is so good and so perfect that he is not ever going to fail us or turn on us or, you know, harm us in any way. Even the stuff that we go through that's hard, he actually turns the hard stuff into stuff that is good for us, that shapes us, draws us closer to him, which is our greatest need to be close to him. So he takes even the stuff that's that's hard and junky and makes it good. Mm -hmm. That's how good he is. And Jesus came to show the face of the father. Jesus came to show us God's heart. And all, all we need to do is look at the cross. I think when we doubt, when I doubt God's goodness, I come back to the cross and I see Jesus, the innocent one, taking on himself all of the evil and injustice and sin of the world, taking on my sin and your sin. And, and I just see the goodness of God in that. Mm-hmm. When Jesus is bleeding out, I see that God is good. So if you follow Jesus, come to the cross and rest in his goodness, rest in the goodness of your king. And if you've not yet decided to follow Jesus, pledge your allegiance to the one who is only and always good. If God is for us, who can be against us? And that is particularly for believers. But God is for the world. God so loved the world, right? Luke 2.14, the shouts of the angelic host, glory to God in the highest and on earth, goodwill toward all mankind. 
The ESV and the NASB translations say, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The Living Bible says, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth for all those pleasing him. The message says, Glory to God in the heavenly heights, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. To me, it's almost like the translators were struggling with this one. We can't make this sound like everybody's going to be saved. You know, we can't make this sound like universalism, the idea that no one will ever be eternally lost. But I think the KGV gets at Luke's intent that, you know, I think the angels were just saying, you know, God's heart for the world is good. I, to me, it's like they were saying, God so loves the world that he's bringing his son into the world. And yeah, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But even those who never believe in him, who reject him, God's heart toward them is still goodwill and love. And so I kind of see it like a king coming to the world with a peace treaty. Mm. And I'm coming in peace. I come in peace. I'm not coming to, to judge you. You know, I think of Jesus' words. I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. So I just, I feel like it's, it's kind of this, a different camera angle on the message of the Bible mm-hmm. that God is for us. Yeah. I mean, we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt, every bit of scripture shares with us that, that God loves us. And it's his heart's desire that every single one of us would come to him and know that love and experience that love. Like not even just know about it, but actually feel loved by him. Yeah. Do you feel loved by God? I don't, you know, we don't want to rely on our feelings, but it is a beautiful thing to experience the presence of God. And I think to know, to know God, we have to have those times when we experience his presence, we Mm -hmm. experience his heart toward us. Mm -hmm. Now I don't rely on those things for my salvation. I don't rely on those experiences for my salvation. But if I hadn't had those experiences, if I didn't have those experiences, I wouldn't know God. Right. Yeah, because knowing God is an experience with him mm-hmm. and his right. presence. It's relationship, absolutely. Yeah. He wants us to feel loved by him. That doesn't mean that we always are going to feel loved by him. That doesn't yeah. mean that he doesn't want us to experience that. And, and that's that's it. It's like, wow, I've, I felt God's presence and the danger is that that we would always rely on that feeling Mm -hmm. for our place in God's family. But his heart for us is good. It's always good all the time. And if you're in one of those times, you just don't feel it. Well, we're here for you. We're with you. Yeah, we we go through that as well. And just want to remind you Mm. of what is true, even apart from experience, that God is good. This is God's message to you. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward you. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.